when you go no contact, what you're doing is you're prioritizing yourself in order to seek insight into what it is that you want and desire out of relationships in general. If you are the other woman in your relationship and you love this podcast, you would love the Other Women Community. The Other Women Community is a membership program designed to help other women just like you reclaim their relationship with themselves and heal from their affair. We provide a safe and supportive environment for you to open up and talk about your experiences. We give you the tools and resources you need to grow into an authentic, empowered individual. If you're ready to take the next step in your healing journey, head on over to theotherwomanandthewife.com backslash community to learn more about the membership and all it has to offer. All right, let's jump into the episode. Want to talk about no contact? Oh, no contact. Painful. Did you actually have that with Stan? No, I had to go no contact with my ex though. Like it's funny how even though the outcome is different in a variety of affairs, the experience is still very much the same. How come? Because I had to grieve the loss of the future that I thought him and I had together. It's not like all of those dreams and ideas just disappeared because I moved forward with Stan. Like there was definitely stuff that I had in my heart like as something that I wanted with my ex and I had made decisions that didn't make that come to be. So I I had to go no contact with him and it was interesting because I think that no contact you think that you and this is the way that like I think that I had proposed it in my mind at the time in order to get myself to do it no contact in my mind I was like okay I am doing this to protect him from me because I am the problem Mm -hmm. I am the problem I really did believe full-heartedly that I was the you know, the only one responsible for the existence and demise of that relationship. Now, when I look back, I'm like, oh, Chelsea, you were kind of hard on yourself because it it actually takes two people to be in a relationship. So how do you think about it now? I mean, I so now whenever I think of no contact, I'm like, no contact is something you do in order to preserve yourself. I think it's like a it's an it's a form of self-preservation. And I've gone no contact with like a variety of people in my life. And it doesn't always have to be romantic relationship related. I think that you go no contact when somebody else's behavior just negatively impacts you so much that you actually have to go in defense of yourself. You you mentioned self-preservation, right? How does that fit into affair partners and infidelity and... So to the girlies in the community who uh, struggle with going no contact with their affair partner, it's interesting kind of watching them go through this because (laughs) no contact is a process. And I think that sometimes you think that you have failed because you have caved or you have, you know, sent an email or something like that. And I just don't think that like, yes, no contact, drop it but this is this is a process it's not like there is something that happens and then oh poof it's all done like you're healed 
that doesn't happen when you go no contact. I think when you go no contact, what you're doing is you're prioritizing yourself in order to seek insight into what it is that you want and desire out of relationships in general. And for them specifically, it's about romantic relationships. This relationship does not serve me right now. And this person is actually causing more harm to me than help to me. So I have Mm -hmm. to take a step back in order to protect myself. So whenever whenever the girls in the community are going no contact, I really like to treat them with the like gentlest of hands. I'm not going to drop the hammer and be like, you said you were never going to talk to them again. Like someone who's in the process of lo- losing somebody that they love. I don't think that that is helpful at all. If anything, that causes them to go into more of a shell of who they are. So mm-hmm. I I handle it very carefully. There's a few girls in the community who, when they first joined, they were like, that's it, I'm done. I'm going no contact, cold turkey. I'm never going to respond to him again. <laughs> and I'm like, this will be interesting if it actually pans out that way. You know, like you're basically, you're basically being a fortune teller. And it's like, okay, sure, go ahead, say that, say whatever you need to say. And then as time goes on, you see them kind of ebb and flow into this like, well, you know, it sounds like he's making some transitions. And I'm like, okay, you haven't detached yet. That's all right. Take your time. And that person hasn't detached from you either. So like the responsibility lies in both courts. One of the things that I wish the girls in the community would really start to grasp is the fact that when you tell your affair partner that like this love is bad for me and that's a Megan Trainer quote so I had to say that uh, when you tell your affair partner that like the relationship with them is causing you more hurt than happiness and they don't respect it that should be a signal to you as to whether they are going to protect you later on in a relationship when you vocalize your needs. Mm. You know what yep. I mean? Like, I understand. I, I am not, I'm not going to come down on these girls because I've been there. I have been there. And so, and I'm not disappointed in them either. If anything, I'm actually incredibly impressed because they're even opening themselves up, right? Because right now they're in this place where they have a secret and they can't talk to anybody about it. The only person that they can talk to about it is their affair partner. And they're trying to discern whether their affair partner actually has their best interest in mind or whether they are just being, you know, if they're just a filler. And I don't think either of those things are true. I think that mm-hmm. I think that the men do get something out of the affair, yes, but they are also giving something to you. And whether you take the time to discern what they gave to you and be like, okay, like I have taken this, this is mine, I'm going to keep it now and I'm going to move on. Or if you're just going to think that it's them, like they didn't give themselves over to you, like nobody could fully give themselves over to you like everybody is always doing exactly what they want so yeah no contact no contact with people who cause more hurt to you is very hurtful and painful it kind of reminds me of the like it's it's basically getting rid of an addiction right you are used to yeah, seeing that person i always like i yes she doesn't like it's a this. bad habit if you're if I you're listening like to it. this 
you should watch this on YouTube because her reaction is awesome. Uh, like she's looking at me like, what are you saying, Kevin? <laughs> Honestly, if we end up talking about limerence on this podcast, I'm going to like vomit everywhere because I All feel right. like limerence. Let's talk is about limerence. A... What does that mean? No. Limerence is a <laughs> limerence is what people use to excuse an affair, I think. Okay, so but what is the definition of limerence? Let's actually look it up. Yeah, let's look it up. I don't want to shoot from the hip on this one. Involuntary state of intense desire. All right, that's not what I meant. No, dude, hold on. Wait a second. All emotions have a biochemical component. What we experience as limerence is the mixture of several things happening in the brain. Powerful neurotransmitters, including noradrenaline, phenylthalaminin, and dopamine surge when we're in a state of limerence. Okay, so limerence is actually a term that was founded by, I think her name was like Dorothy something or other. And she did some medical journal article on how limerence exists when you are in a state of bonding with a, another person. So limerence can occur at the very beginning stages of any new relationship. This also includes the relationship between a mother and child, okay? Mm -hmm. A lot of people will take this limerence thing and be like, oh, no, you're just an addict. (laughs) And like both can be true. You can have addictive tendencies and have like a self-discovery process when you fall in love with another human being on the planet because there is there is stuff under that to be discovered, like why people fall in love in the first place, you know, mm. like the love between affair partners is not the same as the love between a parent and a child. So I feel like limerence is just such a such a cop out for so many people. And it really does. It's a narrative that almost gives like fake peace to wives because then what they just think is like, oh, my husband just has an addiction. And it's like, no, your husband had an affair. He fell in love with somebody else like there's more to uncover there so yeah you said it no contact yes no contact there is a there is a bit of breaking an addiction breaking a habit go on kevin so yeah for for me i didn't think of limerence at all like for me what i think of is like you are conditioned to do something every single day you're conditioned to seeing that person you're conditioned conditioned to sleeping with that person you're conditioned to send them a message you're conditioning to see them at work it's a habit that's an attachment it's an attachment, right? But like you are attached to your coffee in the morning, right? You know, like maybe not you, I don't but drink like coffee. But I understand what you're saying. You know what I mean, it right? It is. It is my rhythm. It is my routine. It is. Yes, I understand. Yes. So yes, it is like breaking a bad habit. And we hate to be uncomfortable. Exactly. <laughs> well, yes. a bad habit. It people, doesn't need to. No, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. To- not all people hate to be uncomfortable. People who don't want to grow hate. Being yes. uncomfortable. Agree. I love Agreed. being uncomfortable. But let's just say 95% of the population hates to be uncomfortable. Okay. Well, that's, Punch that's my stat. Punch a stale inventory that, of human uh, beings, if you ask me. Most people hate like hate to be uncomfortable. Most ca- people just love their... And it's, it's nothing like against them. It's just 
the how the human nature works like by by the age of 35 your brain is fully developed and you have all your habits in place and the things that you experience are based on past experiences that you already have i'm not going to go into the woo land and like the, the everything that works in your brain which i can't really explain with my half baked english but um essentially <laughs> essentially um are you insecure about your english kevin like i have a business partner that basically like butchers me you're so says, yeah. good at english <laughs> i don't know who that business partner is but they yeah, suck I yeah i agree <laughs> <laughs> i agree a hundred percent but yeah you know in a way like but but in a nutshell by the age of 35 your brain is the is developed and your body has habitual patterns based on your past experiences right when you have an experience you feel an emotion that emotion will trigger I'll take your word for it I get it you can read a book breaking the habit but being yourself I get it and <laughs> right? I agree and I agree yes so once you once you are in that state you you hate to be uncomfortable because you've just defined your life the way you want it to and your experience have determined how you should feel and now something else comes along or something gets like something is taken away from you or you decide to take it away from you it's you're breaking the habit you're breaking the habit of how you should feel yeah. and so yes. what happens like yeah no contact becomes very difficult why because if you are used to being with that person and then you decide not being with that person your body your mind is basically trying to be with that person if you can't be with them physically you are being with them mentally and if you are being with them mentally it's mentally exhausting and no contact is difficult that's like my end of rant incredibly difficult and i'll tell you what's even more difficult than that is like even just the label of no contact right cuz essentially that's what it is you're like moving your relationship status from like we're in a relationship to we're no contact i think that there's embedded shame within that label because it, if you say that you're going no contact and then you fall short of it you're like oh fuck i'm a liar you know like you you start to believe all these things about yourself like oh i can't do it that's not true you totally can you got to stop saying you can't do things because I think that in our words are our beliefs. And so when you say I can't, you need to change that into I can't yet, but I will, yeah. you know, and really get there and really understand what it takes to get there. And the other thing about no contact that was really interesting to me, and this was a conversation that I had with my internet best friend, Julie, was that no contact could also be perceived as a form of abuse to Ooh, the person on the receiving end, which really hits on one of the stories in the community that I was discussing yesterday. One of the women and their her her affair partner is the one who went no contact with her. And it's funny. It's like when you're on the receiving end of no contact, what's it called? Tell me. Ghosted. I've been ghosted. Yeah. Well, is it mm -hmm. if you communicate that you want to go no contact? I think it still is. I think that it still feels that way for someone who's on the receiving end. I've been ghosted. They were talking to me every single day and then they just stopped. And that is like that person is then forcing you to change your habits basically or not even that person. The universe is forcing you to change your habits. 
but I can see how it is perceived the way that it is perceived on the receiving end as it being abuse. Yeah. Right. Because if there isn't clear communication on like, Hey, I have decided that it is best for my life that we are not in contact anymore. Like that, that the problem with telling somebody that is you're setting the tone, you're setting the tone of don't talk to me, but then it's up to them to respect it. And it's up to you to reinforce it. Yeah. Like this is where we get into the conversation around boundaries and how boundaries aren't for other people. They're for you. Yeah. So many people make this big statement. They say, I told him the boundary. And it's like, okay, you've informed him. Now it's your job to respect them. How do you respect yourself in a no contact situation where you are the... How do I respect myself? Actually, let's go go both sides. Because I I think that there are women... Obviously, like we, we've had both cases in the community, right? Where one person decides mm-hmm. I'm going to do no contact because it is for my best self. And we've mm-hmm. had also situations where the partner is like, well, the affair partner is, well, I'm done with you. Being very dramatic today. But h- how, how are you keeping your boundaries in both of these situations? So I have a very close friend who told me something about boundaries that I found really, really good. I had told her that I had put a boundary in place and that I was doing a really great job at respecting it. And she goes, you know, like boundaries just aren't for like the physical act, but it's also how much time you spend in your mind consuming that particular thing that you're trying to respect. So I think that like in order to respect yourself and the boundaries that you set, You really have to get good at redirecting yourself. You Mm -hmm. must be able to take control of the way that your mind tends to work, right? Like if if we allowed ourselves to just be on default all the time, like how I think about it is like naturally I would just want to give in to every single desire, every single want, every single need that I could possibly that could possibly surface to the forefront of my head. But that doesn't always serve me well. It does not always serve me well. So in order for in order for me to serve myself well and respecting the boundaries that I put into place, I actually have to come up with a list of things. And I have one on my phone. I have a list of things to redirect my attention. If I start to go into a space where I start to spiral, if I start to spiral into a place that I don't want to be in. I need to get out a deck of cards. I need to go and get a puzzle. I get out that list and I start acting on it. What do you do? I, I say three things and I and it's basically I try to realize where I am. So I, I say I'm Kevin Fernandez. I am in the living room and I am recording a podcast right now. And then I try to oh, realize that so I am get present. being present. Yeah. I like that. I need to do that. That's good. So that's helped like it's a, it's a tip that I've got from a coaching program for like three weeks ago, but it's been tremendously helpful because oftentimes you are so consumed by other thoughts or by things that you have to do and then just reshifting your, your state, which is the same thing with puzzle and all of that stuff, mm-hmm. right? Your, your attention is, you're focusing your attention on something completely different and this helps me. Otherwise, the other thing that I do is breathing exercises. So... Wim Hof breathing Tell exercises me about that. on YouTube. 
for example. Show me one. What does one look like? Show me one. So you take <laughs> 30 breaths. You take 30 deep breaths, mouth or nose, nose, and then you hold your breath for a minute or a minute and a half. And you, what you hold will... your breath. Yeah. but it, You do it's, not it, breathe. You do not breathe, no. And, and it, it sounds... is called a breathing exercise. Exactly. So what is happening with your body okay. is that you are putting all... As you are breathing those, those 30 breaths, it's like... Mm-hmm. And you do that like for 30 times. And mm-hmm. um, what happens is that you are oxygenating your lungs and you have enough oxygen. Like you have enough capacity of oxygen. To your bloodstream. Yes. And so what mm-hmm. happens is what yeah. you will feel as you do it. I, I highly recommend you trying it. It's, it's an awesome feeling, especially the first time you do it. It's an awesome feeling. Do it lie down. Lie down while you do it. Better English. And then as you are holding your breath, what you will feel is you will feel as if you can sense every single vein and like bloodstream in your body. And it's an amazing feeling to have like feeling your, your body. So there are three, three rounds, I which like is that. like one minute, one minute and a half, one minute and a half. And there's no one person that told me like they couldn't do it from the first try. So yeah. That's another like exercise if it's really For deep. For one minute holding your breath. So the deep breathing I get, like I do that when I get frustrated with my kids because I'm like, I got to like exhale this fucking energy. Otherwise it's going to bleed onto them and I don't want that. Like my problems shouldn't be their problems type thing. But all I do is I breathe super, super deep to the point where I want to see how big I can really get my lungs and see mm-hmm. if I can press my lungs against my rib cage in the back. Like, did you know that your rib cage like reaches all the way to your back? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yes, but there you go. I've... Get it. That's actually how I popped a rib back into place. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> oh. Childbearing will really fuck you up. Childbearing will. What does that mean? Like crappy English again. Like I'm, I'm being butchered today. Child being pregnant, being pregnant. You're going to learn so ah, much here. Yeah. Childbearing. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Your ribs it. get like moved all the way up into like your, your shoulder blades basically. Interesting. I can't wait <laughs> for your girlfriend to get pregnant while we're doing this podcast because I'm going to have so much to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's going to take a few years. So yeah, let's keep, let's keep doing this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's get back to the main subject, all right? We were talking about something specific. Okay. What was that specific subject that we were talking about? <laughs> no contact, how to no deal contact. with the feelings of frustration while you are in no contact. What else? Oh, and the other thing that like I feel like we haven't told the listeners, which is like if you're just like in a state of like a habitual cycle and it's not serving you well, One of the best ways to get out of that habitual cycle is to schedule something like a group workout, like getting coffee with somebody, like going for a walk by yourself, like listening to a podcast. Like there are so many ways to change the schedule that you're in and all it requires like and this is a life lesson actually that my dad, I told him for Father's Day that he taught me the most important thing in life is showing up. Most important thing is showing up. And I think I take that one step further. And I think it's the most important thing in life is showing up for yourself. And so when you schedule something like a walk or a bar class or anything like that, 
and you don't show up, you're not showing up for yourself. And like that is one of the biggest ways that you can disrespect yourself. And that's the end of the episode. Okay, lovely. We finished it. Hit the fucking end recording button. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast episode. We appreciate your support and would love to hear your thoughts on it. If you've made it this far, you're likely someone who is invested in the journey of being the other woman. We understand that this can be a difficult and complex experience, which is why we offer guided coaching to help you heal and move forward. We encourage you to explore the links in the episode description or visit theotherwomanandthewife.com slash coaching to learn more about our exclusive coaching program and apply today. Thank you again for your support and we look forward to seeing you in the next episode.